but it got to the point where like if I could just get a flat tire if I could just get my car to go off the road a little um I'd have to not go to work and I'd have an excuse and it wouldn't be that I couldn't handle it Welcome back to the Enough Podcast, where we're talking about how to break up the mental health stigma that we're facing as a nation and probably a world. As always, I am joined by Tanya with Hope Restored Counseling Services in Loveland, Ohio, and I'm your co-host, Nick Winnenberg with On Brand Podcast Studios. Last episode, we talked about Tori's story, and this episode, we have a couple follow-up questions. Now, you've brought it up a couple times, but just to clarify, how did COVID have an impact in this situation? I think COVID had a big impact on Ben and his self-esteem and mm-hmm. everything. First of all, he lacrosse was his favorite sport. Mm-hmm. If he could have gone to college and played lacrosse, he would have. He loved lacrosse so much. Mm-hmm. And we went home for spring break thinking we'd be gone for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And we never went back. Right. So therefore, he lost his senior season of lacrosse. Right. So therefore, we have no film to show colleges we have no nothing Mm -hmm. right I mean we could have gone back to junior year but at that point he was just like so like frustrated and done with the whole thing Mm -hmm. he didn't care anymore Mm -hmm. and looking back on it now that was a defense mechanism right Mm -hmm. to just say he didn't care I truly think he really did and I think there was this whole like he felt badly about himself because he wasn't going to college and his friends were Mm -hmm. But on the flip side, his friends were sitting in a dorm room. Right. Couldn't go to class. Mm -hmm. They were just doing class on a, Mm -hmm. you know, they were having depression issues. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. You know? And so I, not, but again, boys don't talk. So none of them interacted with each other and said, you know, Mm -hmm. they were all just too busy playing video games (laughs) or whatever, you know, so they Mm -hmm. didn't communicate. But I definitely think that, you know, he didn't get to have a senior prom. Right. He didn't care about senior prom, but he had a girlfriend, and she did. And (laughs) so he would have gone, right? Mm -hmm. He didn't get to have a real graduation. Mm -hmm. You know, we had this drive-through thing, which they did the best they could. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was nice, but it wasn't any of the real things. It's multiple losses. Right. He didn't get to, like, go on a senior trip with his friends. He didn't get to, you know, all Mm -hmm. of these things that should have been happening. We didn't even have a graduation party. Because you weren't allowed to get together with people. Right. You know? So, like, how are you going to, you know, and if you did get together, then people were judging you. Right. You know, we sat in Skip's parking lot eating outside with friends one day, and people just drove by glaring at us. Mm -hmm. My husband finally got out the tape measure. Like, we are six feet (laughs) apart, people, I promise. Right. You know? The tailgate. The COVID tailgate. We did. We tailgated in Skip's parking lot, Mm -hmm. you know? And we skip came up to us we thought we were in trouble <laughs> and he came up to us and gave us gift certificates he was like thank you so much for coming out <laughs> oh, yeah. I believe but it. you know so i think it really did I mean, it affected me mentally mm-hmm. i was off work mm-hmm. for five weeks i my husband still worked the whole time he's in construction he was considered essential he would come home and i would be like you've got to take me somewhere yes. i don't care mm-hmm. where it is but mm-hmm. you even if we just drive around with the windows down you've t- I, I would FaceTime my friends. I need to see your face. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So if it affected me as an adult, I can only imagine. Right. Do you yeah. see that happening a lot right now? Oh, yes. I mean, 
it's 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 things i mean that we've never we don't we never had a training on a pandemic no so when people were coming in in the beginning you know i mean we were in the office the whole time we didn't right you were essential virtual virtual um i know a lot of people did i mean we did for people who needed it but um but you know looking back at that time it was it was kind of scary people talking about their fears and i'm sitting over here well, yeah, I know. I mean, I'm a little scared I'm, too. In my head, I'm like, I'm terrified, but I'm not yeah. going to tell you that. Right. Um, but even as recent as yesterday, I saw a woman for the first time and she's talking about the impact that her it's had on her little kids. Um, I think maybe kindergarten, you know, how do you explain to them, you have to wear this mask now? Mm-hmm. and you can't touch anything mm-hmm. and i mean that is terrifying and i think that and again i'm not a mental health professional but looking at it almost it's a reassuring the people that have like germophobia too right because it's like oh hey we've been telling you you're, <laughs> don't worry about it don't worry about it but now yeah. definitely worry about right. It, right so yeah, it's like right. in the back yeah. of my mind i'm like have i been wrong about a lot of the things like that mm-hmm. well you talk about little kids my grandkids were in first grade and had to wear masks. They never saw their teacher's face. Mm-hmm. Here's these two little five, six-year-old kids. Never saw their teacher's face. Right. Never saw their friends' smiles. Right. That you is, know? Yes. Can you imagine going through your whole day? Well, we did. Right. <laughs> what do I mean? Right. But, like, I still, like, my father in the hospital had to wear a mask. I still would, like, smile at people. And I'm like, duh, they can't see you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> smile the eyes. Yeah. Right. right. But you can't yeah. help it. But, yeah, mm-hmm. these poor little kids, you know. Yeah. I mean, First I've... grade kids need a hug from their teacher. They do. You know? And the teacher's not allowed to touch them. They're, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. The best thing, I'd have to shave for like five weeks in a row. Like by the end of COVID, I had this really good beard. Like the masks saved me a lot, but I think more often than not, it hurt. But that's crazy. But of course, no parent wants to find themselves in this situation. But if you are a parent listening to this podcast, Tori, do you have any tips for surviving or how to move forward from such a tragedy? You know, everybody asks you, how do you, how do you do it? How do you? How do you move forward every day? Well, first of all, you do it because you have to. You don't have another choice. And secondly, I think that as, um, I think you use the word survivor. I do consider myself a survivor. I survive every day without my child. Um, And I do it one day at a time. And every day isn't as easy as I make it seem like it is maybe. I've had breakdowns at work where I've had to leave for the day, others where I've kind of got myself back together. Um, For the first few weeks that I went back to work, like every part of my drive to work, I was like, I can turn around here. I can just, I can go through the roundabout and I can go back home. Mm -hmm. I can turn around at this place. Mm -hmm. I can turn around at that place. And, but every time I just made myself keep driving, but I still, it was that conversation every morning you know, I'll turn around here, I'll get down into Loveland, and I'll just do a big circle, and I'll go back home. Mm -hmm. And it even got to the point, I didn't want to hurt myself. But it got to the point where, like, if I could just get a flat tire, if I could just get my car to go off the road a little, Mm -hmm. um, I'd have to not go to work, and I'd have an excuse. And it wouldn't be that I couldn't handle it. Mm. So 
I needed help and I wouldn't ask for it, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Why is that? Because I'm that type of person that thinks that I can just do everything myself, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Do you not know that about me? (laughs) I do know that about you, but, um, you know, that plays a part. It does. I, you know, and... And I'm not saying this story to you like I'm some strong person that, you know, you you just do what you have to do. You you know, I don't know any other way to say it. So, but you do ask for help or you don't ask for help? I typically don't ask for help. I am I am that person that Mm -hmm. I'm going to do everything myself. Mm -hmm. Now, I will tell you that I have met some tremendous people in this journey of the last year and a half. And one of those people you'll meet here soon, her name is Gina Merrick. And she was gracious enough to meet with me uh, in the aftermath of this. She was, I believe, six or seven years into her journey. And I call it a journey because that's what it is. And the guidance and friendship that she gave me we sat, I think, for three hours at La Rose's one day, and she let me talk and tell my story, and she told me her story. Mm-hmm. And that therapy to me is more than I can ever get anywhere else. Mm-hmm. I truly believe that, and nothing against you as a therapist. I don't know. Are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> I have a whole group of people I call. Yeah. And I think that, you know, without her... Um, And I was probably hesitant to talk to her at first. You know, Mm -hmm. you're nervous. Like, I wanted to throw up the whole ride to go see her. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, and I remember I got there super early so that I could be safer and be sitting first. I don't know if I've ever told her this. Like, I wanted to be safe and in my spot before I had to talk to her. And so that she was coming into my space, kind Mm of. Mm -hmm. And, um, but she gave me that power to know that life does go on. Mm-hmm. She gave me that because she was still standing mm-hmm. seven years, six years, whatever it was later. Mm-hmm. And then she gave me that ability to then reach out to another family that it had happened to mm-hmm. and to, to be that person for that family. Mm-hmm. And I will be forever grateful to her for that. And um, it's just been nice to pull all of us together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not crying. You're crying. Get out of here. Uh, I am. I, am. I, I will break down later when I watch this. I do really, really well now. But when when I hear this, then I'll be. Yeah. Any other questions? I do have one, and it's only because I I I just can't help myself. You said that you aren't the type of person to ask for help. Do you think Ben was that way? Ben wouldn't have asked for help. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. No. Mm-hmm. No. Ben was, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, and kind of like, yeah. what do you mean? Right. You know? Yeah. Like, why wouldn't I be fine? Mm-hmm. You right. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So you're saying he got it from me? No. Not necessarily. <laughs> no, I'm I mean, sure he did. I can ask for help, but I can also try to push through things on my own so I can understand that I'm trying to learn to ask for help mm-hmm. um, after our second golf outing one of the first notes I made was delegate mm-hmm. I've got to start asking for help mm-hmm. I cannot do it all myself right but 
there's also that you know and i've I've had this discussion with you before it's also your baby it's your Mm -hmm. it's your thought it's your thing and so you want it to look a certain way and go a certain way and it's very hard to let someone else take control of even one little aspect of it Mm -hmm. i finally relented and let someone else write the thank you notes i mean that's how wow (laughs) i know i was so proud of myself I know just I got that one delegation I did so Mm -hmm. but I'm working I'm Mm -hmm. trying Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah that's very interesting now obviously schools have a big impact on a kid's life especially being an 18 year old recent grad trying to figure out what the next step is so do you have any advice or any ideas about the kind of conversations we should be having with kids in high schools about mental health yeah I really feel like and I think I might have discussed this with you. Um, we are moving more to talking about mental health in schools, right? Uh-huh. But yes. I think that if we'd started a process where in kindergarten, our focus is friendship, let's say, you know, because mm-hmm. obviously you have to gear everything to the age that the kids are. Right. But every year you're building another aspect of building the well-rounded child. You know, and you do at some point get to the point of stress management, but really all along you've taught them about stress management in little ways that you're moving forward. And every year there's a different topic geared to that child and their age, you know, and you just keep Mm -hmm. building on that. Right. And, um, you know, whether it's, you know, one year we do start talking about depression. Mm Mm-hmm. And really, we've talked about that back in kindergarten, because if a friend is sad, we can be there for that friend. Right. Right? Right. Absolutely. So really, we've already talked about depression Mm -hmm. without ever saying the word. That's a really good point. So just having that conversation early with your kids and having that conversation often. So that's definitely a big takeaway for me. And I think that's probably a wrap for this episode of Enough Stopping the Mental Health Stigma. If you have any questions, please reach out. Tori, thank you so much for all your help with this. If you are interested in contributing to the Ben Morrison Foundation, we do have the link below in this podcast. And I'm very much looking forward to future conversations. Tori, thanks so much. Mm-hmm.